This week, I have the pleasure of speaking with Kara Lehman, who is the CEO at Exonify. What is Exonify, you might be asking. Um, it is an online learning and communications platform built for frontline employees, which are more important than ever right now, and is used by giant companies around the world, such as Walmart, Bloomingdale's, Rogers, and Longos, to name a few. Carol has an undergraduate degree and master's from the University of Waterloo, is a decorated entrepreneur in the tech space, having a successful track record of past CEO roles, as well as she sits on the boards of a variety of Canadian high-tech firms. So, to put it simply, Carol Lehman is a badass entrepreneur, CEO, and thought leader in the space, and I'm very, very happy to have her on the podcast today. So, Carol, thank you for being here. Thank you, Matt. That was... Uh... He, he very humbling, uh, humbling <laughs> introduction and too kind. No, not too kind. Come on, come on. Um, <laughs> so a little bit of context. Uh, I did a co-op or an internship at Exonify this past fall. Absolutely loved it. Was like the best experience. Um, so I had to have you on to talk as well as I think you've done so many amazing things in your career. Um, I thought this would be a really cool conversation to have. Well, I am thrilled to have it. And uh, I can say to your audience about you, Matt is one of the rare co-op students who has the confidence, which I love, to actually ask to sit down with me and pick my brain on a variety of things. And uh, you did that during your co-op term. And it's just so refreshing and delightful to have a co-op student who has that level of confidence and I just find it so incredibly interesting so uh, we loved having you thank you that that is too kind now you're now you're being too kind um uh, I really appreciate that um I was incredibly nervous so uh backstory there's this thing called the Exona fam lunch where you can like take somebody uh, out for lunch and expense it on the company if you haven't um, like you know met them or connected with them so i'm talking to my manager sarita and I'm, she's like yeah you can ask anybody and i'm like okay i'm gonna ask somebody in like the fantasy hockey league that we just started like last week this is like a few weeks into the role she's like no you could ask anybody and it was the the meeting room is right by your office and i look behind and i was like could i ask carol she's like yeah go ahead so nervous walk into your office and you're like just so welcoming yeah yeah come on in like looked at your schedule figured it out um, that was really cool. That was like one of my first experiences meeting you. Um, and yeah, it was awesome. And then, yeah, we went out for lunch and it was, it was really cool, but that was, that was a really cool experience. And just, yeah, having that, uh, early on in the co-op career, cause that was my first internship and having met the CEO so early on, it was ooh, very cool. <laughs> well, I enjoyed it too. <laughs> good to hear. It's very good. To hear. Um, cool. So could you just give us kind of a high level overview of what Exonify is and how people use it. So there might be some question marks there. For sure. Um, so people think about corporate learning solutions in a very traditional way usually, which is you sit and you watch a video for an hour and then you go out on the job because you're trained and you, you do whatever you've been hired to do. The way we think about training is that it should be short, it should be fun, it should be targeted to every single individual and the job that they've been hired to do, so not just one size fits all. And it should be accessible wherever, whenever they need some news and information. So we uh, came up with this three to five minute a day 
uh, training experience that is grounded in brain science and the way that the brain works to remember. And we make it very adaptive and personalized to each individual in that three to five minutes so that they truly are learning what they need to know to perform in the job that they've been hired to do. And unlike most learning solutions you have to force on your employees, we get across the globe somewhere around 85% daily voluntary participation with learning. So we've created this really irresistible experience uh, that employees want to have, and it works. They know things, they learn things, and they do the right things. Absolutely. 85% um, is a pretty incredible number to, to be able to um, put out there. And um, working at Exonify, we actually got the chance to use the platform every day so we would do our training and we would go in and, and do the three to five minutes um and there are well there's the option to use gamification you can have games and like implement that into the into the platform um or not if like depending on you know the account but um yeah we we got very very competitive in the business development team with the games like this was cutthroat and we would really like, <laughs> we would be talking over Slack saying, oh no, like coming for you in this, this game, like snake was my thing. I'm very old school. Um, but I just thought it was so cool. The fact that we're working on selling this product product, and like um, working on having the ability to speak on it and we actually get to use it every day. So it's really speaking from experience rather than just, you know, learning about it. We're actually getting firsthand experience, which is very cool. Mm -hmm. um, do you have a favorite game on the platform? I do. It's Colorfill, and Colorfill is like a block coloring game. It's actually the number one game globally on the platform, uh, and I'm a creature of habit, so I like. I, I actually score pretty well in that game, which means I'm on the leaderboard a lot, and I'm one of those people like Pavlov's dog where, you know, the same old thing over and over again and reinforced causes me to keep going back to that game. So uh, the fact that I can win it... <laughs> Uh, occasionally is just the thing that drives me back to that game. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so in your opinion, why is it so important to focus and support the frontline? Uh, well, interestingly, so frontline is where we started the whole thing nine years ago. And um, we didn't realize it at the time, but frontline workforces are actually the largest segment of the workforce globally. And they are, unfortunately, the most underserved part of the workforce when it comes to investment and training and development. People think in companies that, you know, salaried, low turnover, desk workers deserve the most investment. The reality is most of your employees uh, in corporate life tend to be frontline. And so uh, we didn't know it at the time, but we became very focused on a segment of employment that is critical to business results. So whether it's you know a Starbucks uh, employee who is serving a customer and upselling them on you know uh, breakfast, or it's a warehouse worker fulfilling orders, uh, you know we've all seen now with COVID grocery associates incredibly important and putting themselves in danger every single day just so that people can get food and eat uh, and many many others so frontline workers deserve investment they deserve 
training. They deserve careers. They deserve to be valued as much as a salaried desk worker. And um, we've always focused on that. And now, of course, with COVID, the focus on frontline is uh, so front and center. And thankfully, we have a solution that's helping them. Yeah. I mean, even before COVID, it was such like at Exonify, we spoke of the front line and think of the front line so highly because they are fueling your business. And now that the spotlight is on them, I'm just curious how Exonify is, um, you know, making, making an impact in their training because that must be huge, especially with, you know, like sanitary policies and, and all of these different regulations coming into their workplaces. Exonify must be like a, a huge tool for them right now. It absolutely is. And, you know, when you think about the difference between somebody who sits in front of a computer at a desk all day, has accessible to them, right in front of them, Google, news, information, they can pause and, and you know, scroll through news easily, that sort of thing, uh, read email, read communications from their companies on a regular basis and sort of stay on top of what's going on. Frontline workers don't have that luxury. They're disconnected. They uh, don't sit in front of a computer. They're running around executing on their jobs. And it is really difficult to make sure that they have the latest, greatest information on everything that is changing so rapidly in today's environment. And so interestingly today, we spoke to an industry leader in the grocery sector who said that uh, what is starting to happen now is people are becoming more courageous to go into stores um, is that, and also regulations with respect to mask wearing have become prevalent. Uh, they are, are getting, their associates are getting a lot of unruly customers, customers who refuse to comply with regulation. And these young people, for the most part, are being put in positions of having to deal with difficult, in some cases, almost violent customers. And they have no idea what to do. So training on topics like that, dealing with difficult people that you need to convey to a widely geographically dispersed workforce who are coming in at all times of day and night, who need consistent information on a device that's accessible to them is critically important in today's world. And so that's what we do. We allow consistent in the moment communication on all of these things that an associate needs to know in order to stay safe and you know perform in the ways that they need to with such a rapidly changing environment around them. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's also frustrating just to your point of, you know, angry customers not wanting to comply like especially in North America, mostly the states. I'm not seeing it as much here in Canada, but on social media I'm just seeing like, like a lack of empathy, like they, they just don't care. And that's frustrating to put that pressure on young people. Um, so the fact that Exonify can be a tool and help support them in, in very unfortunate situations like that, where, you know, a customer is getting angry and, and like causing a fit almost. And I'm, I'm sure you've seen videos as well. It's just, it's hard to believe right now. Just a, like a side note. 
It, it truly is. It, it, you know, human behavior covers the gamut. And fortunately, most people are respectful and reasonable and will comply. Uh, but unfortunately, there are enough who don't believe in those things that uh, it's, it's dangerous, it's intimidating, it's a horrible experience for the associate whose job it is to control that situation and deal with it and keep other customers safe. And so, uh, it, you know, it, the world has changed and what associates, frontline workers need to know has also changed dramatically. And getting that information to them quickly uh, that is consistent and standard for your organization and the way you sanction dealing with these things is incredibly important. You shouldn't, you know, people shouldn't be guessing at how to deal with this stuff. Yeah, no, there should, there should be some, some guidelines and a clear expectation, absolutely. Um, so to kind of look at the industry from a bird's eye view, um, it could seem like there are a lot of players in that realm. Um, so from your perspective, what makes Exonify different from like other e-learning platforms? You're absolutely right. There are, it's a very, very crowded space and there are lots of what we refer to as learning management solutions out there. So online learning, generally speaking. The thing that makes us different is that uh, we are grounded in brain science that actually maps to how human beings remember critical pieces of information most rapidly. And so we employ an algorithm that uh, presents information to each individual based on what they already know or don't know as demonstrated through their use of the platform. So they get information that they know is relevant to them. It isn't one size fits all. It isn't boring and long. It adapts to each individual's knowledge level. And what we do is we wrap the experience in gamification. So we employ 12 to 15 different game mechanics that appeal to lots of different kinds of people and make that experience super irresistible and something that the employee wants to have every single day. So when you drive daily voluntary participation with learning and it's super relevant to them, they want to do it and they learn really, really quickly. And at the end of the day, people do what they know. People if they're tasked with doing something and they don't know how to do it, they will either guess or they will not do it at all. And when they're guessing, you have a significant chance they're gonna guess wrong. And, and that impacts your top line or bottom line business performance. So why wouldn't you wanna do something that has them not guessing, but knowing instantly what the right answer is and therefore doing it for you. And that's what we do. We get everybody up to a very high level of knowledge and proficiency as fast as humanly possible. Yeah, which is, which is pretty incredible to think um, that these employees are getting the right kind of training each and every day. It's not just a random set of questions. It's catered to what they don't know and what they need to work on. Um, which I find fascinating. I, like, I really don't understand the back end with 
the brain science and the AI and the machine learning. Like I, like it's, it's a lot, but like uh, from just a very general understanding, it, it works. And your customer stories clearly showcase that. Um, I was actually sitting in class last summer um, and one of my friends was talking to me about like this new summer job he got. And I don't know if I can say where it was, but it was the tech, it was a tech retail store. Um, and he's like, yeah, like we had a shorter like orientation. Cause in my old jobs, I would go like two full days of just sitting and like going through these slideshows and videos and whatever, which like we've all done it and it's the worst. Um, and he's like, yeah, like I got this training thing. And like, I, I didn't, he didn't even know that I was going to work there or he didn't like, he didn't know anything about that. And I'm like, no way. So like he showed me Exonify before I had even started working there. I'm like, this is crazy. Like, it's so cool that it's, it's out there and people are using it and getting better and, and enjoying training rather than dreading it, which I guess is like the main goal of the platform. Absolutely. And, and funnily enough, last week I was in M&M food market buying a bunch of food I love at M&M and they're a customer. And uh, I walked in the store and I forgot that I was actually wearing an Exonify t-shirt. And so I had my mask on and walked in the store, grabbed my shopping cart. And all of a sudden the uh, store manager who was behind me says, Oh my God, Exonify. And I turned around and I said, Oh yes. Do you know it? And she goes, I use it every day. Oh, I love it. Do you work there? And I said, yeah, I do. As a matter of fact. And uh, so, yeah, it's just great to see that, um, you know, people out there actually using it, see the benefit of it, see the difference in the experience versus very traditional training, which frankly just doesn't work. Yeah, that's true. No, very, very true. Um, and this is all, this is all kind of come together because you saw the opportunity in this technology and the idea and build it from the ground up, which I think is incredible. Um, and that's something I really want to touch on uh, during this chat is your leadership and you as a leader and how you developed over the years and, and gained those skills. Um, so maybe just start off in terms of leadership in the Waterloo area and just Canada at large, what do you think the state of women in leadership is and where is it moving or, or what are your thoughts on that? Mm -hmm. Well, like historically, I mean, it's been nowhere for the most part. I remember a day not that long ago, 15 years ago, when uh, a leader locally asked me why I was the only local female tech CEO. And um, was there anything I could kind of put my finger on as to why that was? And I said to him 15 years ago, just wait, just give it time there will be others and I have done whatever I can do over the last 15 years to help enable other women uh, pursue careers in technology and rise through leadership ranks. At the end of the day, uh, I just, you know, leaders, I, I think that conversation around leadership and female leadership specifically have evolved and will continue to evolve. Uh, leadership, generally speaking, you know, is something I've paid a lot of attention to since the early days of my career and have had experiences, uh, you know, prior to becoming a CEO of having leaders, people above me that I reported to who were excellent and who were terrible and kind of everything in between. 
And I really did take those lessons on board early, early in my career and genuinely tried to apply the lessons to the way that I would lead people. And, you know, I have to say that um, two of the biggest things that come to mind for me that have worked extraordinarily well over the years are I just genuinely have a, a, a belief in trust. I trust people. I think the vast majority of human beings show up at work every single day and they uh, want to do a good job. They want to make progress in their careers. They want to, um, you know, see, uh, get new titles. They want to experience different things. And so if you allow them to and you trust them, they will actually do a really great job. Sorry about the call. <laughs> it's all good. The, uh, the second thing is I, um, I truly believe that uh, you should hire the best people you can hire. And more often than not, I see people um, intimidated by people they think are smarter than them, uh, needing to be leaders who need to be the smartest person in the room or, um, you know, visibly seen as uh, the senior individual. None of that matters. I absolutely hire and have hired over the years very experienced people who know far more in their domains than I know. And I don't pretend to be a, a leader in people and culture or a leader in development or a leader in marketing. I don't I know much of anything about those things. And I need people who do. So I trust those individuals to do the jobs that they are best at. And when you do that and you just kind of sit back and you, you generally set the direction that you need to go and you have a vision for that, other people will jump on that bandwagon and help you achieve it. And that to me is what leadership is all about. I'm there to serve them and support them as much as I can. And in doing that, they will serve the organization and do the best that they can. So um, it just works both ways. And, and uh, those things underpin the way I think about leadership. That, yeah, that is so cool. I think um, your point about serving, like servant leadership is something I've been really interested in and just leadership in general. Because um, I've also experienced what you have in terms of having people above you that you know are fantastic and inspire you and motivate you versus you know really you know like degrade you and and make you feel like you're not of value and your output or your inputs aren't you know matching your outputs and all of that stuff it's just it's cool to see that the idea of servant leadership and and you are there to support your team go move towards your vision is is the coolest thing and it really stood out to me um when we would do the bi-weekly like full company lunches and it was the first one I remember sitting down first of all catered lunch and it was so good every time um and I remember sitting down and I saw you go up for the presentation I'm like what like is she gonna do like a little like just like a little high and by no like the whole time you're the MC talking to your team and like and giving feedback and just like hearing everybody out and then there's the um what is it the uh, anonymous ask carol and ask like, me anything. Ask me anything. Yes. And it's just, um, I know that's not directly related to like servant leadership, but it's just kind of all of these factors 
show that you're a very authentic leader, which I also think is super important. Like being authentic and real and transparent with your teams, especially from the top down, really levels the playing field. And that was kind of the vibe all like through my entire time at Exonify and like past co-ops, present co-ops, like everyone has, like I had never felt pressure or intimidated by anyone there. And um, the office kind of split into two sections where you have all of like marketing, sales, um, people and culture on one side and then the, the devs on the other side. Um, and going over there at first, I was like, oh, okay, this is not my area. What's going on here? But everyone's just so like friendly and genuine. And that kind of stems from your mentality around like that sense of community and culture, which is also like a huge part of, you know, your leadership and your stride towards creating that community for Exonify. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, the way I look at it is every single person is important. There is no, you know, there are companies where, uh, certain groups within the company are considered special or better or, you know, more valuable for some reason. And that's just crap. As far as I'm concerned, every single individual, every single team within the company is essential. And if you got rid of any one particular discipline or team, the company wouldn't work. And so it is a level playing field. And I am just not one to tolerate big egos. Uh, ego results in behavior that is very I-centric and not we and how do we do better centric. And so I think because, I mean, not everybody has an ego, but I am, maybe it's a function of my age, I, I honestly genuinely think I'm probably one of the dumber people in the company, but I'm okay with that. And I am quite happy to share everything I know. I'm quite happy to admit everything I don't know and to go find the people that can answer those questions for me. And I think when you behave that way, you create an environment of lack of fear. And so people can just be themselves and do the best that they can and be able to admit when they can't and be okay about that to get help. So um, it's all of these things are just so important, you know, how you feel as a person every single day when you come to work is incredibly important to how you perform. And so, um, you know, being transparent and sharing all the stuff that we share, I just think is, is essential to the whole thing working very well. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely, I don't know evident in the way that the, the organization functions internally, that those, those values are definitely instilled. Um, and I'm sure that this was like a long path of leadership for you. Um, and I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure it was a long path of leadership for you to kind of like figure some of these things out and like being in multiple CEO roles, but for other like young women looking to get into leadership or into some sort of management role, what are some tips that you'd have for them? Um, whether it's like through university or just growing up um, and their sights are set on leadership? You know, I would just say um, don't, don't fear things you don't know. You know, everybody early in their career um, thinks about, oh, everybody's smarter than me and I don't want to speak up because it's going to sound stupid and um, all of those things. 
you know, really at the end of the day, just be yourself, be a normal person, work your hardest and ask lots of questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. In fact, that level of curiosity is one of the key things that's going to help you become a great leader and um, to lead with that level of humility and, um, you know, wanting to learn and understand and not just be the dictator, for example. So, so don't be afraid, work your hardest, listen, learn, take a lot of things on board. And at the end of the day, just be you. And it always works out. It's people who think they have to be somebody that they're not. People who look at others and go, oh, you know, I need to, uh, you know, pretend to be this super confident person, which causes you to say things you probably shouldn't say. Or, you know, I need to uh, work my hardest to get in good with this group of individuals. It's not about that. You don't need anybody else. You just need to be you and the hardworking best you. And that gets noticed. Um, and you know what? Low drama. Like I appreciate people who are real. And so if you're just real, low drama and admit your mistakes, you know, don't need to take credit for everything you just demonstrate performance that gets you ahead every single time. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's, um, it's interesting. I feel like in some work environments and you, like I even see it in school environments too. Like you, people tend to put on this mask to try and be something they're not and try and act a certain way. And that's, that sounds extremely draining, like having to pretend and, and act a certain way because you believe it's going to get you into a certain role or a certain title or whatever it is. I mean, yeah, that's, it kind of goes back to the whole ego conversation. And, you know, once everyone kind of lowers that, you know, lowers those walls and is just a lot more authentic and genuine and real, like that's when I think real work gets done at the end of the day. Um, Having a big ego is hard work. Yeah. Yeah. People don't understand. People with big egos don't understand. If they'd actually just be themselves once in a while, it's way, way easier. <laughs> way easier. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. Um, so going back um, not too long ago, what do you wish you had known when you first started Exonify or like any of your first businesses? Maybe your first business. What do you wish you had known back then? Oh gosh, you know, each business is, I've learned some big lessons. Um, you know, I would say that first company, biggest lessons I learned were just about uh, really analyzing the market and the product we had um, better than we did at the time. That, that was a huge lesson for me. Uh, so I did not repeat that, that mistake, you know, in subsequent companies. Um, you know, another lesson was sometimes people just don't work out for whatever reason. And you're actually doing them a favor when you don't see a good fit and you release them to go do something else that they should do. And oftentimes they don't appreciate that in the beginning, but um, 
uh, I, I am typically a very good judge of people. And so I can tell pretty quickly whether it's going to work out or not. And earlier in my career, I had a lot more angst about that. Um, now through experience, I know it always ends up in a better place. So, you know, I learned that lesson, uh, learned many lessons about leadership and how to treat people or how not to treat people and things to say or not say. Um, so what would I tell myself? Gosh, all those years ago, um, I'll, I'll, the only thing I would tell myself is it all works out and you don't realize it at the time you agonize over choices. Should I go to this job? Should I take that opportunity? How long am I gonna be here? You question yourself over and over and over again about the things that are the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do from your career perspective. Don't question yourself too hard. Things always go in the direction they're meant to. And if it feels right, go that way. And if it doesn't work out, there will be another door that opens, guaranteed. And you just have to believe that that's going to be true. Now, there is nothing that's ever going to destroy you. You will always figure it out. And so, you know, I used to stress and worry about what's going to happen. How long am I going to be in this job? Is it the right job? You know, those sorts of things. And now I look back on it and go, I had no idea at the time. That was the perfect thing that led to the next thing that led to the next thing. So just kind of let it happen and it will, and it'll all work out. That is great advice, especially for um, like a lot of young people, especially myself coming into fourth year. It is, it, it is so much pressure. And a lot of like my peers feel as if we need to have it all figured out from A to B to C. I'm going to go here. I'm going to get my master's. I'm going to go here and here and here. And it's just, like life doesn't really work that way. It can, you can have a clear path that you want to go on, but I feel if you put too much pressure on yourself, I, exactly as like you were saying, you kind of just have to trust your gut and let things happen. Yeah, you totally do. And you know, it's great to have goals, great to have an idea uh, generally of what you'd like to do. But um, I can tell you, I still don't have it all figured out. And the only difference between me now and me 25 or 30 years ago is I no longer care that I don't have it all figured out because it's going to work out. And I just fundamentally believe, why not? Why not? Why will it not work out for me? Of course, it's going to work out for me. So I have an expectation that it is going to work out no matter what. And I've had that expectation now for probably a good 15 or 20 years. And it, it just kind of happened one day. I woke up and went, why not me? And guess what? Like, why not me? And I have no idea what the next five years is going to bring. I have no idea what the next 10 years is going to bring. And frankly, I don't care because what I do know for fact is whatever it is, is going to be interesting and fun. I will enjoy it. And I'm just going to do my best to get the best out of it. That's very exciting. I'm excited for the next five and 10. I'm excited to see what happens. And um, that's very cool. I think like removing that self-doubt and just knowing that no matter what happens, it's going to work out. That's like, that is a great piece of advice. I really like that. Absolutely is. And I know it's hard to believe that 
especially when you're young and starting your career, it is, it's hard and you're so afraid of making the wrong choice. I guarantee you, you will not make the wrong choice. And you, you may make a choice that doesn't end up working out or feel good, but it was the right choice because it showed you something you don't want to do. So, so all experiences in life, it's, think about it this way. Every single thing you do career wise, otherwise in life, it's like chipping away at your masterpiece and every single chip, chip, chip and thing that happens is you working towards your masterpiece and over life, maybe at the end you get the masterpiece done, but you're chipping away at that masterpiece all the way along. That's cool. That's a very cool way to look at it. So philosophical, Carol. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, uh, you know what? It's, it's all these life lessons, right? And wisdom that comes with having done and experienced lots of different things. Some of which work, some of which don't work. And, and then losing the, losing the fear and losing, losing the caring yeah. um, and worrying about it. No, that's, that's true. I mean, it's, it, it can seem like the weight of the world is on your shoulders looking for your first job. But if you have that mindset and you kind of can have that foresight to say, just chipping away, it's yeah. all going to be all right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. That is awesome. Um, so one of my favorite parts or probably my favorite aspect of working at Exonify um, for the short time, it's just four months was the culture. I thought this was, like the absolute coolest place to come into work every single day. And I'm not just like saying that because I'm talking to you just in general. Um, it was awesome. And the, just the relationships I built and kind of like the routine that was built in and the autonomy, like there was no sense of micromanagement whatsoever. I felt like I was supported and I felt like everyone was very inclusive and just, I could talk about it forever. It was like, it was one of the best experiences I've ever had in a workplace. Um, partially because of, there were so many snacks and it was phenomenal. They were very good, but no, but seriously, it, it was really cool. Um, and I just kind of want to learn a little bit more about where your head was at when kind of putting this together or if, or what, what the culture was like from day one to now, because, um, everyone is just so inviting and genuine and willing to help. And I'm wondering if that was kind of the same mindset from when you started Exonify and just kind of how that developed. It, it absolutely was from the beginning. I mean, at the end of the day, culture really is just people. And, uh, and you know, it starts with me. I model for the other people in the business the way that I want it to look and feel and, and how I want people to kind of behave and treat each other. And if people see me doing something different than that, it's not going to work. It's not going to take root. And so, you know, I've said this over several companies, actually a culture, the way I, I look at culture is like um, a cell in a body where your cells can be healthy or your cells can be weak. And when you hire people who are the foundation of culture and you end up making a mistake and hiring somebody like a virus. So you've got this healthy cell, which is your, your culture, and then you hire a virus into the culture. 
And that if you have a super strong culture, what happens with the virus is they might penetrate it a little bit, but they don't actually infect the really healthy cell. The healthy cell kills the virus. And those people who have negative attitudes or big egos or bad behavior and really aren't good for the culture, either end up selecting out because they can't penetrate or they change and kind of get with the healthy cell. And, and you know, sometimes you have to take a tough decision and, and invite them to go work somewhere else. So those people don't have the ability to infect the healthy cell if you've got that strong cell. So, you know, it takes effort. It's actually much easier in a small company to have a great culture. The difficult thing is as you grow and you add a lot more people and the layers in your business grow, uh, people like me, you know, who do demonstrate and model behavior tend to get more removed day to day from all of the people in the business. And so maintaining your culture uh, becomes a multi-pronged exercise. And so we, you know, we're very, very conscious of it and we do a lot to try to support it and continue it. And uh, happily, we just did our uh, biannual, uh, or not biannual, is it? Whatever it is, twice a year, the word. Um, our employee NPS score and our culture always is rated incredibly high. And of all of the comments, the, these are anonymous comments that came from the employees, uh, culture and the positive family feel culture was mentioned a gazillion times as one of the reasons why people uh, love to work at Exonify. And, and I say when, you know, we hire new people and hopefully you remember this, but um, it is genuinely my desire that when people leave Exonify and move on somewhere else, I want them to look back on their experience with us and think it was the best place they ever worked. And so, you know, that belief and that desire permeates the organization, I hope, I think, and, uh, and we work hard to, as we grow to maintain that. It definitely, it definitely uh, resonates, I think, with, with the employees and, and just with the entire feel of the company. Um, it, it was evident to me. As soon as I, like my first day, um, it's just so inviting and everyone was just so helpful. And everyone was very open to chatting, no matter what department, no matter what time, no matter what level of seniority. Um, just every aspect of working at Exonify got me excited to come back and continue to learn, which is kind of ironic. But um, it, it was, yeah, it, it was really, I don't know, it was a very like warm community. Everyone is very friendly. And I feel like I made so many friends. Like I still have a group chat with a bunch of the BDR guys and, and we talk all the time still. And um, yeah, it, it definitely like left a lasting impact on me. That's just my experience, but I know that it's pretty well across the board that um, it's a great place to be. Yeah. Super. <laughs> um, so to finish things off here, Carol, I have a lightning round of questions. Ooh, if you are okay. ready for it. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, so first thing that you know pops into your head, uh, you can expand on it if you want, but we'll just go for it. Go for it. Um, so question number one, Carol, what is your biggest pet peeve? Ego. Nice. I like that. Um, go to Exonify snack. Taro chips. Taro you know, those root, those root vegetable chips. Probably nobody eats them except for me. <laughs> but I love those. No, no, I, I don't. I don't think I ever had those. Mine would be the hummus, <laughs> the hummus and crackers, or the chocolate almonds. Uh, like for those of you who don't know, there's just like a ridiculous amount of snacks at your disposal at all times. It's like the best and worst thing ever. It's yeah. <laughs> no, it was really great. Um, favorite Exonify memory. That's a toughie. Wow, that is a toughie. Boy, oh gosh, I would say the thing that comes to mind, our very first Christmas party, we did a singing contest, karaoke contest, and we did it by team. And the, um, H, or the uh, uh, corporate services team literally was three people. It was me, it was our IT manager, and it was our CFO. And um, the IT manager is female, and our CFO is male. And we were the Dixie Chicks, and he uh, bought a dress and some cowboy boots and a hat, brought in a guitar, and the three of us were the Dixie Chicks, and we won the competition. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that was a standout memory. I would hope you guys would win. That sounds like a pretty well thought out <laughs> execution. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Oh, that was great. Um, okay, next one we've got your favorite fast food go-to spot. Oh my gosh. Favorite fast food, a Dairy Queen ice cream. Nice. That was a great one. Um, and then lastly, what inspires Carol Lehman? What inspires me is watching the success of other people. I genuinely love to see other people uh, do great things they're proud of. And, um, and if they're, you know, in the company, even better. So that kind of stuff inspires me to do better. Yeah, just seeing other people's growth, which is really cool. Um, yeah, that's, that's something that I've also experienced a lot with um, like managers and other coworkers at Exonify. As soon as I left, people were still wanting to connect and like see how, how everything's going and, and kind of cheer me on as I'm like working to finish my degree and go on and do other co-ops. Um, so it's, it's really cool to kind of have that support after just doing one co-op term like a year, almost a year ago now. Um, but yeah, very, very well connected. And I really appreciate everything that Exonify has done for me because definitely grew a lot as a, a young man. That's <laughs> awesome. It was, it is, and it was awesome. Um, but yeah, Carol, thank you so much for coming on to chat with me for a little bit. Um, I really appreciate you and your time. Um, if you have any last messages to the listeners out there, um, the floor is yours. Well, I really appreciate you having me, Matt. Really, really appreciate it for sure. And all I would say is uh, go forth, enjoy life. Life is not scary. Life's meant to bring you tons of different experiences, good and bad, all the teacher stuff. You always get through it and uh, keep your eye on the prize, which is success. And you will get there with a great attitude and hard work and enjoy the ride along the way.
Fantastic. Awesome. Thank you so much, Carol. Thank you.